Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Our modern day culture seems to always be speaking to us in the competing narratives of do more, do less. On one hand, we should have dreams and goals that we reach toward, not to mention a desire to contribute by doing our part to make this world a better place. On the other hand, we're taught the importance of rest and contentment by staying present and enjoying where we're at right now. So how do these two streams of thought reconcile? Well, that's what we're talking about in today's episode. Which one do you believe is more beneficial for a healthy life? Let's get right into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And I'm excited today because today's topic came from a listener. Um, And so if you have a topic that you ever want us to speak on, you can email us at lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. That email is in the show notes as well. But today's topic is going to be contentment versus ambition. And I had to laugh because I brought this topic up to you, Joel, and you said, huh, I'd really like to hear a podcast on that. Meaning, I think this is one that is going to be fun because I think all three of us to some extent have um, tried to find the the balance, the meaty middle <laughs> between contentment and ambition. Um, so we are going to get into it. You guys have any opening thoughts? It, it is a challenging topic because these are questions that I've had. Um, or trying to find the balance. Yeah, yeah, and I guess just to to further explain that what we're meaning, if you um, haven't figured it out, but contentment meaning you know you're content with your life, you are okay where you are, uh, and then ambition meaning well, we need to grow, advance, you know, pursue, uh, have dreams, vision, all of that. And I think uh, even socially, there's a lot of topic or there's a lot of of sayings and and narratives about um, being present and being content and um, resting and, you know, self-care and all of those things. And then there's also a lot of social narrative around do more, be better, advancement, you know, purpose, even in the church. And so we hear both sides of this um, coin. And so it is hard to find what the healthy balance is. So um, that's what we're going to get into today. We'll see where it takes us. Now, I probably defined them a little bit differently okay? because uh, instead of being black and white, one or the other, it's more this nice little gray in the middle that I can even be doing and content Mm -hmm. or in the midst of uh, being content, be very active. So it's just kind of probably maybe the perspective in which you look at it. So to me, I didn't think of it either or. Well, I think we'll get we'll get there. We'll get into that because I don't think it is. I think it mm-hmm. can sound that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to... Well, that would be the definition of a balance. Oh, yeah. No, is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit of both. I'm, I'm working hard at being balanced in my life here. Look, as old as I am and I'm... I have to work on being balanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think that we all do. And, yeah. Um, but I think that looks different for everybody. Yeah, so. I think so. Without getting ahead of myself... Um, let's talk about first, you know, we started to a little bit, well, what does this look like for us? You know, when, when I said contentment versus ambition and you said, well, I'd like to hear more about that. Um, (laughs) like why, what does that mean for you in, in your life, Joel? Well, I'm doing it from maybe a church perspective, Mm -hmm. partly because I grew up a pastor's kid Mm -hmm. and I've been in ministry for a long time. So personally it, it, it is in that church realm. 
And so I, I was thinking how ambition and uh, contentment kind of really are ex- how they're expressed in my life. And I was thinking back to kind of how I grew up. I grew up in a time uh, where youth ministry was very much, um, how can I put it, uh, actively, like the goal was we need to change the world, right? <laughs> and if you do anything less than change the world or... Uh, then, then you're a lukewarm Christian or you're a casual Christian. Is and that what I portrayed through the years? <laughs> I was thinking, a youth. <laughs> we had a youth no, conference for that. 10 <laughs> years called Empowering the Extreme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I wasn't pointing any fingers, even Voices though that's... Voices pr- of the new millennium. <laughs> <laughs> that was back before the new millennium. Oh, yeah, it was born before the new millennium, but yeah. So most of my life has been, <laughs> it's been modeled to be... Uh, more extreme on the uh, advancement side. Yeah. Um, like, like I said, you know, the the youth uh, trips were acquire the fire. You know, be on fire for God. You know, that was really the language uh, of that time, and it, it was kind of interesting because I was kind of looking how the church looks now, mm-hmm. and and it seems more focused on personal growth. Mm-hmm. Inner healing, yeah. personal relationship with God, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Right. So it was funny because I uh, sometimes I'll go back and like listen to old albums and I'll go through the uh, uh, the discography of the bands that I enjoyed, you know. And so one of them I, d- I did pretty recently, I went through all the Delirious albums. And, and as I was listening to it, kind of my old man moment right now. I was like, man, they don't make songs like they, <laughs> they don't make worship songs like like they used to. Uh, but I one thing that I really noticed was that the themes are really different. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, uh, one one of the song, big songs for Delirious was History Maker. I'm going to be a history maker mm, yeah. in this land. Another song was Now's the Time for Us to Shine. No Compromise. You know, and so... And even though Delirious definitely has songs that were more about a personal relationship, uh, connecting to the heart of God, a lot of the messaging was, hey, we we can change the world. We can mm-hmm. yeah. uh, affect society. We can uh, be ambitious in expanding the kingdom of God. And so in, in that, I'm not saying one is more valuable than the other, but you can kind of see this stark contrast between mm-hmm. the two is at one time it was very much an outward uh, yeah. going after and pursuing. And it seems like a lot in the church now. And and I guess it really depends on what camp or what group you're in. But it seems like, at least in some of the things that I listen to, a lot of it is more uh, inner yeah. growth, you know, growing in your personal relationship with God, not as much as, hey, we can change the world kind of thing. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, that that question really spurred those things within me. And and I think that's why I find that it can be a struggle within me because I'm probably, as I've grown older, more in the contentment stage mm-hmm. and uh, less likely to be super ambitious. And actually, ambition is something that I would say that is a challenge for me because even being in ministry, looking and saying, Yes, we need people to know what we do, but I struggle with the marketing aspect yeah. of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I'm kind of at with that. So, 
What do you think, Mom? I I I love how you put that in because I I've been around all those years. Yeah, and I can't even remember who sang it, but he goes. Uh, Will you stand when those around you fall? You know, and yeah. it was like yeah. all those types of songs. And and that really was my MO and absolutely everything we did. You know, I had a drama team and and we would we would after church work for four to five hours and mm-hmm. do do these things because we were going to change our community and and um just everything really that you were talking about, I did. I modeled. And well, I guess I'm still doing it, aren't I? You know, so I I probably haven't changed that much. Uh, But I do believe that with my age and over time, um, like you said, they both hold value, but it's knowing the times. It's knowing, uh, it's not just doing, it is from that place that we have a relationship with God that we do, not just to do, to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, you know, I see more balance in my life than then, but at the exact same time, uh, probably I'm the one of the team to say, we got to change the world. In fact, I live my life every day to try to bring change yeah. to lives and culture and systems and uh, whether it's my consulting company or my movement or ministry, it's just still a part of me. But I believe we're... We, been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this and um, culture changes. So how we reach culture has to change as well. And like I said, I was talking in the aspect of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can ambition be pure in the church? Sure. Right. Yes. But sometimes I question and looking from the outside, sometimes it seems like you're not quite sure what kingdom people are building. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, and so I think that's where the struggle is. It's like uh, it it can be rewarded, mm-hmm. but we're not sure if it's really advancing the kingdom or just so. A program it's not about or, platform or celebrity yeah. or those things. Where maybe yeah. in the past it felt more like that. Yeah. I see. I get you. I don't think I ever was driven for that personally. Mm-hmm. Um to see results was a very big thing, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't so much about, you know, celebrity or platforms because there, I don't think there was many people with big, there was some mega churches out there, Mm -hmm. but in a town of 1500, we never really had that anticipation (laughs) (laughs) to be a mega church. 1500 is a, is a bad service. And I mean, and there was no digital platforms or so, I mean, there was none of those things then. So your world was your little world and, and making the most of that. So maybe that was God protecting and preserving all those years. Well, you, you can definitely see the shift culturally, how it's affected the church. Actually, I didn't think of it the way that you brought it, but it is so true how it was very, um, you know, lay down your life and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, change the world and all of those things. And then now I I always think of pendulum swings. I think it goes really far. You have a healthy balance. Yeah. Right. In in the 90s, there was no healthy balance. The balance was you. It was so extreme. (laughs) And you guys were doing the, all those extreme dramas and like, you know, human videos and all of that. And me as the the baby of this group, I was terrified as a child because every church event was someone getting hit by a drunk driver and going to hell or like, 
it was it was a little traumatizing <laughs> as a child. But or these like um, there was this one video my dad loved it, and it was about it was Ray Bolts, I think. Mm-hmm. And his dad wouldn't deny Jesus. So the dad went to jail and the little boys was, I was like, this like left without me. a father. <laughs> but um, So things were extreme in one direction, but now I look and I think how, how different it looks and how almost self-absorbed the, it looks. At least in the, I don't like saying camp, but the camp that yeah. we're in, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm sure there's still churches. And I and, think it's very Western as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you, we're not speaking of the whole church, um, but I always think of the verse, um, I think it's Revelation where it says, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And we like to stop there. Um, and I think that is kind of, to me, indicative of, of a picture of the church is because it's about my testimony. It's about me and Jesus. It's about, you know, my story, my truth, my perspective, my message and Jesus. Um, but the rest of that verse is, and they loved their lives, not unto the death. (laughs) There is that the completeness of that scripture means it's me and Jesus and the kingdom. It's all for the kingdom. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about my life, um, but about him. So when we're talking about contentment versus ambition, does that mean I have to lay down my life every day and, you know, nothing is about me? Um, Just do all for the kingdom, which I think, and I think personality also, you're you are more one mama that is like stay up every hour of the day, gonna change the world. We've got things to do. <laughs> um, I think I'm always wrestling between: am I doing enough, and, and, and am I doing too much? Um, that's just kind of always an internal narrative for me. Of um, like, yes, you need to rest, you need to build that into your life, you need to you know take care of yourself. And then I really don't, I'm, I don't like selfishness. Like to me, that is, it's a real struggle. Um, so then, then I go into, well, I'm not doing enough and I need to, you know, step it up and change the world and look at mama. She works 20 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Uh, it, maybe it, it slowed down to 19, to 19 you know, still more 18. than it used to years ago. Me, I, I go in a little sleep. She's now. never like, you know, if you ever want to have a pity party, like, Oh, I, I worked so long. You could, I could never do that with you because you will always have me topped. <laughs> like, oh, I worked a 14 hour day. You're like, Oh, that's a Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I am where people keep talking about balance of life and I really understand what they're saying. Um, but sometimes I think that's an excuse either not to do yeah. or to do, do, do one or the other. Um, but for me, um, I, I struggle with that because I believe there's times and seasons. And in, in the Word of God, it talks about times and seasons. Yeah. And there are moments in my life where it, I am putting in those long, 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 long days. But then there's other seasons of my life where, or days of my life where the grandkids come over and I chill and mm-hmm. I enjoy family and and I don't feel like I got to be working. In fact, I just celebrate the relationships and the investment. And, and, you know, some of my doing is just having people over for coffee and enjoying and loving people. And it might seem like, that's uh, a balance uh, or not. To me, it's it's me just recognizing what are you calling me to do today, Lord, mm-hmm. and just being faithful to him. So I think there's times and seasons. And isn't it true? 
You go through season, I know you do, Katie, where at times you're just like, oh my gosh, I got more work than I can do. And you feel the pressure and you got to get it done and and all those type of things. And other times, no, there's not as much pressure so you can pull back and, and relax a little bit more. And I think every one of us has that. And so if I look at you and you're in your... Uh, more resting mode, and I'm in my working mode, then I could get embittered. Yeah. But if I recognize, no, this is Katie's season, or this is Joel's season, or this is Melody's season, and and just being obedient to that and recognizing, because the fact is, sometimes we just got to sow a lot of seeds. Yeah. And we're working to sow a lot of seeds, and other times we're enjoying the harvest. You know, there's different seasons of our life and and recognizing that they're both valid, they're both important, they're both necessary, but knowing, is this a time for? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's where the balance can come in. And another thing in my life that I look at, I look as where is the grace? Yeah. Because if I'm doing, 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 and I'm starting to feel angry, there's no <laughs> grace. Now it's out of Melody's works. It is not out of response to the voice of the Lord. Because if I'm walking in obedience to the Lord, I know I am supernaturally graced to do what I do. So I follow the grace. Mm-hmm. You know, I follow his enablement. And when I'm not in that, you know, I have to stop and then I have to inquire of the Lord. Yeah. Am I doing what you called me to do? So when we try to determine contentment or ambition, I think we can fail. If we inquire the Lord and just be obedient to Him, then we'll be doing the right thing at the right season. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I'm living my life. So ambition and contentment is kind of like the same coin, and it just depends on which side is... Uh, Very good way of saying it. Yep. Well, So the balance comes by the leading of the Holy Spirit, obviously. Yeah. I also think even as I was preparing for this episode, like it, it kept getting murky for me because I don't, I don't know that they are always the same coin. I think you can have contentment all the time. Mm-hmm. I think contentment is more of a state. Ambition is a doing, but contentment mm-hmm. is a being. Yes. And so very good. I think well, what we're talking about. There's a few times where you're not doing. I mean, we're always doing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess being content with what you're doing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it just, I just thought, you know, even there are times when I am feeling ambitious, but I'm not content. And I, that doesn't mean a lack of doing. It just means something inside of me is, is off. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, it's not always like, like we're talking about it as in like rest and work, but I don't think that's even what it is right. because you I can agree. be content and be very, very busy. Sometimes I do have a lot on my plate and I'm like, let's get it done. Like, I love it. I'm like, let, let's go. Let's give me more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's sometimes where I have less to do and I'm way more overwhelmed because I've left that state of contentment. Mm-hmm. So maybe where the issue is, is kind of more passivity versus ambition. Yes. I think, yeah, that's because, like you said, contentment, I believe that we should be content at all times. I mean, you can see that in Scripture. Yeah. yeah. So it's more about being okay with being inactive versus always trying to um, accomplish. And, and, and I think it comes back to for what purpose. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I remember reading um, a book by Jeremy Riddles called The Reset, and he's kind of addressing some of the issues in modern worship and stuff like that. But one one of the stories that he talked about is like when he was a kid, a lot of the her- heroes of the faith were, were people would come in and say, um, I gave everything, I sacrificed yeah. <laughs> everything, I laid everything on the line. But a lot of the heroes in in, in the church today, sometimes it's like this worship leader mm-hmm. that is like looks like a rock star, looks like uh, uh, this this um, example of success. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of times, is with young people in the church, they're pursuing after these positions, or Correct. they're pursuing after the limelight, mm-hmm. and there's like this this difference from wh- how he experienced those those great people mm-hmm. in the kingdom versus what you know a lot of the uh, new generation of the church is seeing it's like they're seeing celebrity versus someone who is laying down their life and whenever you compare yourself to that you'll never be content mm-hmm. or if i feel like that what that's what success is i will never be content Mm-hmm. I will resent my life. I feel like God loves somebody else more than me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's, like you said, Katie, a, a state of being. So yeah. contentment is something we can have because honestly, even if I'm putting in an 18-hour day, mm-hmm. you know, I'm content unless things are going wrong <laughs> yeah. or the computer crashes <laughs> yeah. or something like that that interrupts <laughs> what I got to accomplish. And then I don't feel content. I have to get back to peace in those moments. And it goes back to maybe a problem of why we do what we yeah, do. I think so. Um, because ambition in a negative sense is why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, are we pursuing after quote-unquote ministry because we believe it will bring us this or yeah. that or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not even necessarily about doing. It's more about why. Mm-hmm. Why you're doing something. Yeah. Where I believe it has a negative connotation. Yeah. I think if you are pursuing, if your ambition is to try to obtain identity, um, that then it's off. Um, because and when we do, especially you know, in culture and um, in Western culture, and you know, I say that, but I've I haven't spent a lot of time in Eastern culture, so I might not know what I'm saying. But um, in American culture, we talk a lot about doing and um, that being who our identity. You know, when you meet someone, what do you do? Mm. Um, and that we're always and you know, kids get out of high school or they get out of middle school and they got to know what they're going to do with the rest of their life. Um, and it's about that's, it's like, I'm going to create my identity. I have to create that. But what you do is not, or should not be your identity. We are created to do good works. Um, but I think contentment is a state of identity. It's knowing who you are. It's knowing whose you are. And then everything else, your ambition is an overflow of that. But if you try to fill your identity cup, uh, with doing, I think it's always going to be frustrated and you will be able to be as ambitious as you can be and never reach contentment because contentment is that place of identity. When you see contentment in scripture, you see that it has a strong connection to peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul declared that for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Yeah. yeah. And that word content means to be free from worry, 
free from anxiety and restlessness. It means a peaceful satisfaction. So you could really think of contentment as that internal thermostat. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what's happening around you. Yeah, It's not the circumstances that you're facing. And that's what that scripture verse is talking about. I mean, he's talking about, I know how to suffer need, but I know how to abound. Mm-hmm. I, I know how to ex- uh, live life in abundance and I know how to experience lack. So it, it deals with more that self-control, that self-governance of this is what my internal climate is going to be. It's going to be free from worry. It's yeah. going to be free from anxiety. I'm going to be able to have rest in whatever situation I'm in. And so when we talk about contentment, it's not like, should you be doing or shouldn't you be doing? It's more like in whatever you experience, Mm -hmm. it's having that peace and that rest with inside of you. Yeah. And I think it's, it's positioning. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, am am I submitted under the Lordship of Christ? Am I, Uh, I love Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And it opens with that saying that I am his sheep. He is the one leading my life. And then as it goes through, you know, it's not like it was just roses. He's talking Mm -hmm. about when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, when Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's when uh, you're surrounded by your enemies, but then he promises, he says, oh, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will fear no evil. He leads me. He restores my soul. My cup runs over. I dwell in his house. And Mm -hmm. so it's, that sounds content to me in the midst of everything Mm -hmm. else that's going on. It's not like a vacation. It's not like Mm -hmm. you're doing nothing. It's not like everything is fine. You're not on a lazy river somewhere. Mm -hmm. No, you're actually in the midst of the shadow of death or Mm -hmm. being surrounded by your enemies. So contentment um, is that positioning of I am his sheep. Uh, that's who I am. That is, that's my, I am my identity. I am his sheep. He is my shepherd. So Mm -hmm. from that, I can experience contentment in whatever state I am, like Paul said, Mm -hmm. because he knew where he got his identity from. And I really believe it's, it's having that healthy mindset, that healthy attitude, uh, even in the midst of difficult times, we can have peace, right? Yeah. And then that's what you were talking about. And I think one way we can do that, actually, we did a couple episodes on Thanksgiving and, mm-hmm. and gratitude. When we have an attitude of gratitude, we will have contentment even in the midst of challenges. Yeah. And for me personally, uh, the more I have grown to value who I am, mm-hmm. what I have, what I uh, who I do life with, mm-hmm. you know, um, what has what has God called me to do? The more I value what I have, the more content I am. Yeah. But when I begin to not value what I have, then I will lose contentment. So it's an attitude. And really, if you think about it, uh, if I really value who God's created me to be, then I'm honoring my creator. Mm -hmm. If I value the ones I do life with, life exchange, right? (laughs) Then I'm honoring you guys, correct? And so the moment I stop valuing, I'm sabotaging my ability to love life and be content. And so, so many things are our perspectives. It's the renewing of our mind. It's the source of our life, Mm -hmm. which is our God. And the more I can connect to the honor it is 
to be used by my God and have the relationships he's given me, then life is good. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you were talking about, Joel, you know, like the celebrity mindset, because if I'm always trying to be someone else or have what somebody else has or, or you know, fulfill some type of expectation that makes me feel good about myself, I'll never be content. Yeah. Because my only responsibility and we talk about this a lot, is to hear God, obey God, and just celebrate the life that he's given me. And of course, I don't like some negative things I experience in life. Nobody does. But in the world, we've got battles. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone faces it. Um, One thing I think challenging about social media and the whole platform thing uh, not just in church, but in the world. People are very good at putting on uh, the facades of I got it all together and my life is so good and you know those type of things when I have never met anyone that has not had battles, yeah. that does not have a story, that doesn't have a history, that, that uh, life has not been fair for anybody on the planet. So, you know, we've just got to recognize we've got those things, but when I can look at my life and value my life. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I get older, I've got to look at my life and say, you know, I've got to age gracefully. Because if I compare myself with beautiful Katie sitting over oh, there, wrinkleless, you know, wrinkleless, is you that a word? a couple of years <laughs> no on wrinkles. Me. Without all, wrinkles. Yeah, and all the other things, you know, I could grow discontent with where I'm at in life. But the fact is, it takes God's grace to just celebrate who we are, where we're at, and who we do life with. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you didn't say I didn't have any wrinkles. <laughs> oh, well, you, actually, you, I don't think you do. I do. do, I do, do. You? I'm noticing them, but are you? I don't really, I'm not bothered by it. I'm starting to get like a little uh, gray little hairs on it. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's easily fixable. You just no, I like it. it. Oh, do you? No, okay. now that's yeah. Like when the thing. guys, you know, they, it's like distinguish. Yeah, for for guys, it means wisdom, you know. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now all you have to do is become chemically dependent. <laughs> you know, and so, except now it used to be once every month or six weeks I was chemically dependent. Now it's every two to three, right? You know, so oh, it gets worse as you get older. I know, mm-hmm. but but the fact, honestly, I think. Either we're going to have a victor's mindset, a son or daughter, child of the king mindset, or we're going to live as victims. I I don't want to live as a victim. So we talked about contentment being a state of mind. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about if you aren't walking in true contentment, it could cause you to be inactive. Oh, most definitely. But also it's... It's true. If, you, if you're if you not walking in contentment, you could always feel like you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about true contentment or, or the highest form of contentment is expressed when we can live uh, worry-free or we can live without fear. And you're thinking, well, that's not reality. Mm-hmm. But what did Paul say? He said... yeah. For I have learned, learned, learned to live content in whatever situation. Yeah. And so this was a process of learning, growing, trusting in the sufficiency of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's something that we can all do, mm-hmm. you know. So how do we grow in contentment? I think there's a mixture of surrender. 
and a mixture of time. Mm. Right? Because it's not going to happen overnight. Correct. But it happens when each time we have an opportunity to be content, we surrender to the will of God. Mm -hmm. We surrender to live free from fear. We surrender to uh, casting our cares upon Him and casting our worries and our anxieties upon yeah, Him. Yeah. So we surrender it to Him. So contentment is is a mixture of surrender, but it's also time working it. Yeah. You know, continually surrendering to it. And from that, we can be like Paul and say, for I have learned mm-hmm. to be content in whatever situation I'm in. Yeah. And I bet he was still learning. He had, oh, he had sure. learned, but every moment of every day he was having to learn um, to return to his source. You know, I, I think he was probably ranked pretty high, though, in it. Probably. You know, he <laughs> Paul, was in prison. I mean, <laughs> so for him to say that he <laughs> yeah, yeah. can be content in whatever situation, you have to believe pretty, it, right? <laughs> yeah. I do think, I think culturally there, there is so much anxiety in our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that like, it's, it's, a, it's myself being afraid and figuring out how to alleviate that, that feeling. And I can speak from definite experience. Um, and it's just that learning of go to him as my source all the time. I love the, the scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. Be still. I'm not great at that. I'm not great at the stillness, I'm I'm learning what it means to rest. He built that in. God built in. It was that important that he built it into creation to say, and I rested. God himself rested. Mm. I'm still very much learning what that looks like in um, the 21st century with all that we have going on um, mm-hmm. to be still and know that, that he is God. And uh, Melissa Helser does this awesome teaching on that verse. Uh, and, and she kind of breaks down the words that be still means to slacken. Um, and then it's mm. it, the the etymology there. It goes on and it says kind of when we slacken, he is made known. And so what it is, is me finding my strength in his ability. Oh, that's really so good. I'm able to let go, which anxiety does not let you do. Uh, you have to let go let go of control. You have to let go of that fear, let go of that self ambition that I can take care of myself. And I have to actually be still and let him be my God. I have to let him um, lead my life, find my strength in him, not in my own ability. Um, And that is just so huge. And it's a daily constant choice of having to choose to cast my cares upon him because he cares for me and having to choose to lay down a heavy burden and to take on his yoke that is easy and his burden that is light. Um, And I love the verses in Matthew 11. It says, come to me, all you who labor. I think we could all say this. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I don't think that that means that you're just not going to have to do anything. I don't think that when we die and go to heaven, we're just going to be floating on clouds. I think that his rest looks a lot different than mine. Um, and then it's, he, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You know, we learn from our life experience, but when we learn from him of how this was actually supposed to be done, how much more fulfilled and more content will we feel? 
Uh, He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, Jesus. (laughs) So our bodies could be active and our souls be at such rest. Yes. I just think (laughs) we as humans are still learning what he means by rest, Mm -hmm. um, that it isn't what we think it looks like, um, but it's that state of contentment that we're talking about. Yeah, contentment has more to do with how you move. Mm -hmm. So it's gliding or Mm -hmm. striving. You know, uh, like when you watch sports, I'm mostly into football, but there's some people that are so good that they make things look easy and they're not easy at all. Mm -hmm. And so contentment is, it's how you do the things. It's not not doing or doing, but Mm -hmm. it's, how will you function in the midst of a difficult situation? Mm -hmm. You can do difficult things well when you're content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I think about Adam and Eve in the garden that they worked the garden. That was before the fall. (laughs) That wasn't a place of discontent. Immediately God gave them a job to do. Yes. They had work to do. That was part of their life. And the word work there meant worship. Yeah. So I'm going to show you how to worship me all day long. And in the night, I'm going to come down and we're going to talk and hang out together. Uh, but you're going to be busy, mm-hmm. you know, tending, storting this amazing thing I created for you. Yeah. And so work was not a curse. No. Work actually was worship. Yeah. And it is really being attuned to his spirit because I always look mm-hmm. at Mary and Martha and I love Martha because I identify with Martha. Like I'm doing all the work. Why is nobody helping me? Jesus, like Jesus, <laughs> don't you see? And when people uh, preached on uh, Mary, you felt bad. You're like, I'm not. <laughs> well, I think just sometimes it can be colored as though she was doing wrong for yeah. working. And Jesus yeah. never said no. that your work is wrong. He said, right now, what is most important mm-hmm. is me. It's not the work. And so he never cursed Martha. He never said you're bad for working. Um, he just said, you have to have your priorities in order. Because and I, of the time and season, because yes. he was there and he was available. Yes. And that's, it's, they're all, he has to be priority. Mm-hmm. And so if he is leading me to work and I'm, I'm doing, and I'm exhausted and I'm, um, I'm just constantly going, but that is what he's saying is important right now, then that is what is important. And then if it's a season where he says, listen, that's good. But right now, you know, that, that quiet rest is the most important. I need you to come get away with me. I need you to stop. I need you to cease the striving right now because what's most important is this. So it's following him, not just saying, well, you know, Mary's good, Martha's bad. But mm-hmm. in that moment, right. priority was that they be at his feet. We we talked a lot about contentment. So let's talk a little bit about ambition. So So what is healthy ambition and what is it not? Yeah. Katie, do you want to start out? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a go-getter. I'm a doer. I'm a builder. I am a get-her-done person. Uh, I, I love it. And people look at my life and say, wow, you do so much. Like, And some people feel bad for me. And I'm like, no, no, I love this. I love... And, and people know that I'm a get-it-done person. They will come to me. And they come to you. And they <laughs> will come to me and they will say, this is my dream. And I will say, I cannot take on your dream right now. <laughs> Um, or, or I'll say, yes, we can do this, this, and this to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually love that. So somebody could be critical of you doing, but if they need something done, they oh, know who yeah. to go to, right? This is true. 
<laughs> now we're going to value that she has that. <laughs> yeah. If it serves them, they love it. Um, but I do love that. Um, and I think I have to be careful because I sometimes can take that on as a point of pride um, mm. that I can get all of this done and look in and see that that's, look at what I've achieved. Uh, and that's where ambition goes off. That's where it gets um, really twisted because I'm trying to build something mm-hmm. um, in my own strength. Um, and whenever we do that, uh, we know pride comes before a fall, but also uh, whatever I build in my own strength, I have to keep on my own strength and I will wear out. I will burn out. Um, and so I love ambition. I love being that person, uh, but I really have to keep keep my heart right, keep my priorities right, because also we are uh, a body mm-hmm. created with needs. Uh, and, and anytime that you're hitting that burnout, um, you are not getting a need met that you need to get met. We're all created differently. So some of us, you know, we fit into more and not necessarily in a negative sense, fit into more of a passive, uh, attitude versus some people feel like they always have to be doing. And I think part of that is who, who you were created to be. Mm-hmm. It was like Martha was created to be who she was and yeah. Mary was created to be who she was. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that there can be a point of um, shame or this questioning mm-hmm. whenever comparison comes in really. Yeah. But um, when you think, well, I'm not doing enough um, and maybe you are and maybe you're not, <laughs> you know, I, I have to really check my heart. If I see someone who, appears to be lazy, even if they are not lazy, oh my, I really have to check my heart because I can really quickly go into that Martha, like, Jesus, can you please, like, they're not doing their part. Um, But that's not for me to say. (laughs) Jesus said, yeah, she actually is doing her part. And both sisters were kind of judging each other. Yeah. 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 When when I think of ambition uh, or if it's healthy or not, I kind of want to understand what ambition is. And mm-hmm. and basically it just means a strong desire to do or to achieve something, typically requiring determination and hard work. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds pretty good to me, at least <laughs> yeah. how I was raised. <laughs> but I guess my now next... That's good qu- ambition right there. Yeah, yeah, coming from you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so my next question would be, why is someone ambition? So the why is what makes it healthy or not. Mm-hmm. So ambition in itself is not wrong or not unhealthy, but I th- it goes back to why is someone being ambitious? I think of, G- well, I mean, Jesus makes this bold statement. Apart from me, yeah, you can, can do, do nothing. Right. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. So is Jesus saying, apart from me, you'll be a- unable to perform your calling or perform your gifting. No, because people do that apart from him all the time. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus, like I said, makes this bold statement, apart from me, you can do nothing. So he wasn't referring to works or accomplishment or quote unquote good things. Mm -hmm. You can actually do those things apart from him. Mm -hmm. People do it all the time. Ministries do it all the time. Mm -hmm. So I believe he was referring to eternal value. Fruit that will last. Apart from me, you cannot produce anything of eternal value. Yeah. And I think this verse really puts ambition into proper perspective. Mm -hmm. 
Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but not have love, I am nothing. Mm -hmm. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and not and not have love, it profits me nothing. Wow. Yeah. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. We have to stay connected yeah. to our source. We yeah. have to stay connected to the vine. And that's what makes ambition healthy mm-hmm. is if we're doing in and through Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that because if our ambition to make a difference in the world or uh, to bring our contribution to the table or whatever, if that is driven by love, the person of love, the nature of love, the character of love, then ambition is very healthy. Because if I'm giving my life ultimately to establish God's kingdom, seek first the kingdom of God, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I'm going to seek his kingdom. And what I do is to build the kingdom. That That is healthy ambition. Mm-hmm. It becomes unhealthy when we're going to do that at all costs. Now I let my integrity go to the side. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in competition. Uh, I manipulate uh, people. I use people for my own gain or whatever it is. When I start to do something separate from love or outside of love, then that ambition is not only unhealthy, but it can be abusive. Yeah. It can be destructive. Yeah. And so it's not always what we're doing, but it's, the heart motivation behind it. Because the fact is, there's nothing wrong with having a platform. Mm-hmm. No. If, if God gives someone a celebrity status, if God gives it and they're using it for good, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But if I want celebrity so I can feel good about myself, so I guess it's the difference of, am I working from love or for love? Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because there's something I want to get or am I doing this because I love, just period. Yeah. And so I think that's the big difference between healthy and unhealthy ambition is what is my driving motive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, one of the most heartbreaking scriptures uh, when they, they go before the Lord and they say, well, we did all these good things in your name. Mm-hmm. And he oh, says, yeah. depart from me, I never knew you. Yeah. Uh, and how devastating. And I, I think even like you were saying, there is nothing wrong with that platform. Um, and, you know, and I can't judge. I cannot judge another person um, and their platform and what God is using them for. Um, but sometimes we don't even know our motive. I think we get, it gets a little like lost in the sauce of like, of, of the doing and what's happening around us and making sure that while God is using us, that we are staying in intimacy with him, mm-hmm. that we're not losing that, um, that connection. And, and he doesn't say, well, I didn't know you. Uh, I wasn't close to you. And, um, and so, yeah, that looks different for everybody. Um, and he does want us to do, I think that is another, you know, I, I'm a doer. So I just, to me, I'm like, yeah, he wants us to do, um, but we have to know him first and foremost. Uh, and then I think of Peter and Jesus says, you know, do you love me? And he says, yes, I love you. And Jesus says, go build my church. He mm-hmm. says, all right, you love me. You have that part down. You love me. That's now so good. go build 
not your church, build my church. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says, yeah, if you have love, if you have, if you have that intimacy with me, if you know me, if your heart is for me, then go build my church, um, go advance the kingdom, go do everything that I've called you to do. And that does look different for every person. If you think about, if we can look and see what God is doing and then partner with what he's doing, we're yeah. building his kingdom. But if we are stepping out and say, God, this is what I want <laughs> to do. I want you to bless it. And you think, how many times do we just go to prayer and say, God, do this, do this, do this. You know, everything that I want, I'm expecting you uh, to fulfill this. I'm expecting you to bless it. I'm expecting you to build it. Yeah. God, if you love me, you would do, you know, whosoever shall say into this mountain or whatever. And we can quote all these scriptures, but basically we're wanting God to bless what we we want rather than saying, God, what are you doing and how do I partner with you? Yeah. And in partnership, there is doing. And you yeah. don't have to ask God to bless something that he's doing. Yeah. That's right, because it's already blessed. Yeah. And if God has put a gifting and a calling uh, an ability on the inside of us, when our response, this is my word for responsibility, when our response to that ability is mm-hmm. through what I do, what I say, how I live, then I am honoring God by assuming responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's that's powerful because I'm doing it for him. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if you, you know, some people are like that and they're saying, this is what I want to do. This is my dream. But if you don't have that and you're just kind of looking like, well, I don't know what my vision is. I don't know what my purpose is. And you kind of feel like you're in that state of not having enough ambition um, just because you you don't know. Um, I think that can be, we can take that on as an identity of I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not being a good Christian. I'm not being a good follower of Jesus or I'm not living my life to the fullest because I don't know. Um, and I think it's okay to not know. Um, I think that the Bible says, do what's in your hands to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think you can be in that place of trying to figure it out and feel really discontented uh, and feel like you don't have the ambition because you don't have that, that vision before you. Um, and I think keep your heart right. I think, um, keep your heart soft before the Lord, allow him to lead you and guide you. But while you don't know, just keep doing what you know to do. Um, you know, ask him the little things. He might not give you your lifelong career. You might not know that, but do the one little thing that he's asking you to do, uh, and just keep doing that. Uh, and then I think from that, he is going to help you to not only have that contentment, because when you hear and obey, you're going to experience the peace of contentment, um, but that he's also going to open up those doors and those dreams before you that you will know which path to take. I think that's such wisdom, Katie. And uh, sometimes I think we have to also recognize uh, if we're struggling in that, we might not know what God is speaking. We might not be quote unquote hearing. We might be hearing, but we don't know that we're hearing. But if we would recognize that God put uh, inside of us everything that we would need to honor him Mm -hmm. with our lives, I believe if our heart is really turned towards God, whatever we do, it didn't even say when I speak it, obey it, is whatever we do in word or deed, mm-hmm. we do unto him. Yeah. So if I don't know what to do, if I just 
in the words that I say, in the actions that I take, Mm -hmm. I love, I value, I celebrate, I serve. You know, I do those things just out of a heart of love for my God and love for others. Mm -hmm. It might not be a thus saith the Lord, but in the same way, I'm still abandoning myself to his lordship and I am doing something. It's like that step of faith. Mm -hmm. It's like, how are we going to cross the Red Sea? Okay, uh, yeah. Lift up, yeah. God said this, lift up the rod and did the impossible. And I think just sometimes, just through our little acts of obedience to the Lord, but our our response to just his heart and his word and his nature and his character. Um, I wrote a little ebook on everyday justice. Mm-hmm. And it's just, my goodness, sometimes just smiling at somebody or, you know, opening the door for someone or just the little things that that we do, really, we can model uh, yeah. the heart of the Father to others. And I others. think getting rid of that, like, that hierarchy of, of ministry or of, you know, even being a good Christian, you know, you think, and I hear this so often of, oh, I have a dream to go into ministry. And I mm. think I, you don't know what that means, <laughs> but, um, but sometimes it's like, well, I have to be in the church in order to be in ministry. And I think, listen, if you don't have, if you don't know what you're going to do with the rest of your life, if you worked at a gas station for your, the, your whole life, if you retired, working at a gas station and you loved people every day Mm -hmm. and you kept your heart soft before the Lord, you could be doing a greater impact in Mm -hmm. the kingdom than someone with a big platform with lots of celebrity um, status. Uh, So really taking off that idea that one is better than the other Mm -hmm. uh, and that it has to look a certain way or you have to have some pedigree in the kingdom. Uh, He uses the least. If you look through the New Testament, he always speaks about how he chose um, the weak, how he chose the least, the smallest um, to make the greatest impact in the kingdom. So I think you can just let go of that idea that it has to look a certain way um, and just just be you and do it for him, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, just just hear and obey. And if you don't, if you don't think that you're hearing, do the thing. I, you said that you know they Moses raised the rod, the Red Sea parted. Well, if they didn't put one foot in front of the other, they wouldn't have crossed. They wouldn't have crossed. <laughs> they would have go. either stayed in slavery or drowned in the Red Sea. <laughs> so that doesn't look that exciting. That doesn't look like achieving your promised land. But if they hadn't have literally put one foot in front of the other, that mundane task of just doing the thing they knew to do, they never would have gotten to the promised land. <laughs> so true. So does ambition look different for everybody then? Yes. <laughs> I think it can. Yeah, I agree. Did you have more to add to that? Yeah. Uh, basically, the principles of the kingdom are the same for all of us, correct? Yeah, yes. Truth is truth. Yes. But God chose us in him before the foundation's world to be uniquely who he's called us to be, mm-hmm. to do uniquely what he called us to do. And so just as we are so uniquely different, Mm -hmm. I believe what we do and how that looks is going to look different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And some people, because of the call upon their life, might have to do bigger, greater, maybe uh, work harder, work longer. But then there's always that supernatural grace, like I talked about in the beginning, that gives them the ability to do that, while others... 
if they're, if they're just walking that out, being who God called them to be, it's going to look different. And that's where we go back to one of my favorite scriptures, to compare yourself one with another is just not wisdom. Yeah. So, uh, Is that a scripture gonna, or is that a... Oh, yes, that ism. is a scripture. Is it a scripture? Uh, it's 2 Corinthians 10, 12. I think I've heard you say it so much, I would have just said it was Melody 13, 12. Or no, no. <laughs> no, that's a part yet. You have to look in 2 Corinthians 10. Right. That's um, not a part of the canon. <laughs> oh, isn't it? <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> but, uh, you know... How how can I expect you to do what I do if you're not gifted to do it or yeah. vice versa? So we we all have different gifts and abilities and and you know contributions God has made us so uniquely and that's where I think what you talked about in the beginning Joel I think there's such an emphasis which I really believe can be God on working on our own growth and healing and relationship with Lord because in the midst of those is where we get our marching orders. In the midst of those seasons of where God begins to speak to us and we're having those times with the Lord that we can begin to see what we carry. Mm -hmm. So then we know how we're to walk out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And so, uh, you know, way back when it was, okay, let's change the world. And now it's changing. I believe that things change because God's bringing different truths to the table mm -hmm. so that we can position ourselves for this time in history, uh, for our own lives, but to impact our world for good. See where I am going back, impact the world for good. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And that goes back to calling and purpose. You right. know, you can only be who you've been created to be. Right. Yeah, even in the the parable of the talents, or the the master gave to one five, to one two, and to one one, and he says according to their ability. Um, mm -hmm. yes. It doesn't say that their ability couldn't have grown, but it said at that time that was their ability. And so we're all at different places of ability. We're all at different seasons of life. We're all um, have different callings. Uh, so I think it will look different in the fact that um, don't compare yourself with another. Exactly. And don't stop growing. You know, you can grow your ability. You can grow your capacity um, to take on more. You know, I'm the same person now that I was when my kids were babies. <sighs> but my world's a lot different. One, because I've grown a lot, got healed a lot, a lot of those things. But it was a different season in my life. Yeah. And that season of my life was not any less valuable. In fact, I look back and that season of my life was had much greater value uh, when than I realized at that time. Because mm -hmm. I was so busy in my mind thinking, I want to do this and I want to travel and I want to accomplish and I want to preach and I want to do all these things. And here I was stuck in this little <laughs> mobile home with a couple yeah. babies and pioneering a church that wasn't being pioneered <laughs> very rapidly, you know, with our five people in our living room and our trailer and all those things. But it was just as successful in God's eyes yep. then yep. as what I'm doing now because it was responding to the season of my life, the responsibilities of my life, and everything inside of me wanting to honor him, even in the midst of 
all the things I had to get healed of and overcome. He was working on me at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's just everybody's at different seasons of their life, which you just said, Katie. And and we just have to allow people to walk out their salvation, mm-hmm. you know? So in all you're doing, do it for love, mm-hmm. right? Because you can do all these things and not have love and it not means it will pro- nothing. means nothing. It yeah. won't profit you. Yeah. 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 Yep. And stay connected to that love, knowing that, that your identity comes from him. Um, you can't earn contentment. Uh, I think you have to be connected to contentment. Um, and out of the overflow is where we get our ambition. That's where we get our doing. Um, but our being stays connected to who he is. So any closing thoughts? Can I read a post I came up no. with? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do posts all the time. And this was a post yesterday morning and I was up doing. Yeah. Okay. Real early in the morning, doing. And as I was doing... The presence of God just touched me. You know, it's kind of that beautiful balance Mm -hmm. of contentment, rest, Mm -hmm. Mary, Martha moment, all at the exact same time. And this was my post. Living for self is temporal, always wanting, striving, and never fully attaining. Mm -hmm. Living for a higher cause sets the heart's motivation to posterity. That's to generations. And that which holds eternal value. My goodness, if you think about that. And then it says, our end goal is greater than our lives, higher than our understanding, bigger than our comprehension, and impossible to attain by our strength alone. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And is that, pl- I just cried and had my little <laughs> God moment and went back on to work after yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So it's that beautiful balance of contentment and... ambition. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, as we wrap this up, uh, again, this topic was submitted by a listener. Um, So if you have a topic that you would like to throw into the hat, uh, you can email us at lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we really appreciate uh, your ratings and reviews on iTunes uh, and sharing with your friends. So, all right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.